This is a pre-recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about how our homeless population is being impacted by the pandemic. With me today, Terry Faust, who's the Community Health Director for Intermountain Healthcare, Diane Rindlisbacher, who's the Community Testing Lead for COVID for Intermountain, Dr. Michelle Goldberg, the Medical Director for the 4th Street Clinic, and Van Aston, who's a Physician's Assistant at the Hope Clinic in Ogden for the homeless there. I'm uh, Dr. Goldberg, talk about in a situation where you are trying to deal with a disease like this on a daily basis, how are you then able to perform any sort of community outreach to the homeless? Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, we have had to significantly scale back our medical outreach during this time. We have limited PPE. I mean, we're fine, but we have to think about this could be a prolonged amount of time. And so we have to be very careful about how we use our PPE. We also have, you know, we're a federally qualified health center, so we have a thin, you know, thin staff. Um, and so we have to make sure that we can maintain our services at our hub um, downtown. And that's our primary concern as we see an influx and a surge in patients. So that's our primary focus. And we've unfortunately had to scale back a little bit with our medical outreach team. There are still outreach teams going out. The VOA is sending teams out in conjunction with nurses from the Department of Health, and they've set up the city. They've, they've divided into quadrants, um, and they survey those individuals that are camping or living on the, um, on the streets, and um, they're educating them about symptoms. They're asking them for symptoms. They're telling them they can get tested. They're trying to get them transportation to Fourth Street Clinic if they if they do want to get tested or if they have symptoms. Um, they're then going back out and providing them with information, um, you know, and supporting them, giving them results if they, you know, if when they have been tested. They're also bringing them food um, and really providing that type of support. You know, I've heard that there's, you know, in some of um, individuals who are unsheltered, the kind of this their their routine has been altered, right? So all of our routines have been altered, but theirs have as well. So where they might go for food, how they pick up their mail, where they use the restrooms, all of that has been altered. And so individuals are, you know, it's people are getting more anxious um, on the streets, not having that normal routine, not knowing where to find some of those essential services. And so um, providing kind of some of that emotional support to them is essential at this time. Van, while you haven't had a case at your clinic, what does outreach look like for you then? I mean, do we know if there are people who aren't coming to your clinic that are in the homeless community that are still having a problem with COVID? Yeah, so we're assuming that it's out there. Uh, We don't know exactly where it is yet within the Ogden uh, City area, but we're just assuming that it's out there. Our outreach, uh, similar to 4th Street, has been scaled back significantly. Although we are a younger clinic than 4th Street, we didn't have as a well-established street outreach program. Uh, We still do have certain things that we've been doing in the past for street outreach and have turned some of those things over to some of our community partners. 
one of the shelters here in Ogden, um, Youth Futures, works specifically with homeless teens, and they do street outreach, and they've continued their street outreach, and so we've partnered with them to help us understand um, kind of what things are like out in the community since we've had to scale back as well. Similar reasons as 4th Street, we have a pretty slim um, uh, staff here, so we have limited opportunity to um, take care of what needs to be done here as well as go out on the street. Weaver Human Services, we work with directly, obviously the Weaver Morgan Health Department. So we've relied on our other community partners to help give us information about what they're seeing out there in their individual street outreach programs. And that's helped give us a good idea of what we're expecting. We've asked them to share uh, Hope Clinic's information with all of the camps that they come across. Um, and the Ogden City Police Department is aware of this as well. And they're also doing the same thing. And so we've relied on people that have a, a more established outreach program to let those individuals know that there are services still available that we are still open that we can help them find access to all of the things that they still need uh, mental health physical health food um, and all of those other things as well so it's been a um, it's been a group effort for sure on our end diane tell us how your mobile unit is working as far as testing goes yeah, our mobile unit is primarily uh, targeted to serve um, the vulnerable and underserved populations. And so um, we use a data-driven approach where we look at the uh, data that we've already collected in terms of uh, uh, where we have increased positive COVID tests um, and then um, collaborate. Uh, we were recently at the Food and Care Coalition and with Mountainlands Clinic, their East Bay location with our mobile unit, uh, doing some testing of that, uh, of those uh, clients that receive services there. So it really is a combination of what we see from a data perspective uh, and what our partners uh, ask us to come help them with. Terry, explain for us why it is has been so important for Intermountain Healthcare to reach out to the state's most vulnerable populations. Yeah, um, you know, I I really um, think that um, you know our vulnerable populations there. It's it's our community, and um, I think all of the people in this discussion here today are mission driven and um, just feel like it's our mission to, to serve and. Um, and you know, it's um, it takes all of us with the varying um, resources that we might have and expertise um, to bring together and to come together to serve um, these populations. And so, um, it's really important for us to partner because um, we're just a part of just a piece of the um, of what it takes um, to really serve the, our communities in this way. You know, like we, for example, um, we may not have a, a homeless clinic like um, our two providers here run, um, but we do serve the homeless um, population in our hospitals and in some of our community-based clinics. Um, but we may um, have other resources that our partners need. For example, um, we've had some caregivers that we've been able to redeploy 
I think we've got two MAs that are, um, as Michelle had said, said staffing's thin that will be um, helping to support Fourth Street Clinic. And that benefits um, our, our caregivers, keeps them working, and hopefully it will benefit Fourth Street Clinic as well. Um, and then, um, you know, as far as personal protective equipment, um, we're all just trying to um, use it appropriately so that we, we have it, but also trying to find ways to help each other obtain it. Um, Intermountain started producing our own face shields and been able to provide face shields, um, sand wipes, sanitizer to um, our partnered uh, safety net clinics. And so um, just looking at all those ways that we can use to leverage our resources and create that synergy around um, serving these populations in need. All right, let's take a break. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.